welcome to my podcast, Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hatchis. You know, I believe everyone has a story that can inspire, heal, or give hope. Today, my guest is Carla Young, who survived a horrible motorcycle accident and was not expected to recover from her injuries. And just a few of those injuries included 17 fractured ribs, six fractures to her arm, and part of almost exactly hanging by the muscle. And then she had uh, E2 fracture. And I'll let her share more about that. It sounds pretty horrific in time frame that her fractures become what we'll call the normal that expected to, to be. Um, welcome, Carla. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Um, so we know each other through riding motorcycles, but we didn't ride motorcycles together. We actually knew some people as well as we did some um, network marketing together. Yes. Um, I think our friendship started out on a, on a different note because I barely knew you. And this accident, I know. <laughs> I believe this accident um, was uh, August 18th, 2010. Yes. So uh, t- 10 years. Wow. Yes. I would have never realized that we've been friends for that long, and, and, a, and a unique friendship at that. Indeed, uh, it has been. It was. I, I, I'd heard of uh, your accident, I want to say, on social media. It seems to be where we're all connected some way, somehow, whatever the platform is. And I saw a post from uh, someone we knew that said that uh, Carla was in a very bad accident, and she was at uh, a hospital that was here in, in the Phoenix area, and and I was like, well, I'll go check on her, and I'll, I'll go see what I can do. And I, I kid you not, Carla, what I saw was not what I was expecting to see. So let's start there. I know that there's a lot of a part, uh, excuse me, a lot of the time that you don't recall because you were actually uh, in a coma for a certain point, and then you probably had a memory block too. Is that correct? Well, yeah, they they had me in a in a. Uh, what they call a semi-induced coma. So that's a, a medication, you know, that they give you to, um, it's basically kind of like keep you sedated. It's not necessarily sedated, but it's, um, uh, it's so that you don't, don't experience all the pain and everything that, that you're, you know, they want to keep you still so that your body heals and, uh, oh. When I yeah. saw you, Paula, I was in pain for you, and you weren't even conscious. It was it was quite the sight to see, but I, I stuck through it to make sure, you know, that I could be the best that I could, even though there was really no thought or hope that you were ever going to talk and do the things that you had done prior to this accident. So let's go back a little bit here. Um, August, that's uh, the Sturgis month of uh, motorcycle. Yep. Yep. World. I was co- coming back from Sturgis when it happened. So where was this that happened? It was on the Cayenta Reservation. Um, the group I was with, we were getting, um, heading to the Grand Canyon. And I, I'm not quite sure what happened since I don't have any memory. And uh, the person I was riding with was ahead, so he didn't see the accident. And my best guess is that... I probably closed my eyes for, you know, a second, you know, that drowsy 
thing that you do sometimes when you're driving. And I was in a curve and going too fast. And so I went off the road and you could see where I was trying to gain control. But I ended up hitting um, one of the signs for that, say that there's a curve in the road with my handlebars. And that was it. I guess I went flying through the windshield and I probably did a tuck and roll type of thing and landed on my left shoulder. And that's where you got a lot of your injuries from, correct? Yep. Yep. Is this the same arm as well that has the, um, the fractures and that was holding yes. on by the... Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was my shoulder blade and my, you know, my left arm would have been underneath me. You know, that would have taken all the blunt of the hitting the ground. You probably went right out immediately in impact. You don't even recall any of it. Well, yeah, you, you, you're in shock. Sure. You know, I came, I came to you. I know I came to you because uh, Brad said that when he, you know, when he, someone had come and told him that there was a wreck and, so he came back and, you know, came down and he said I was making some noises that he had never heard a person make before. And he said that I tried to get up. So I kept on saying I need to get my left arm out from underneath me, but it was already, you know, yeah. it wasn't there. And I, he said that I lifted it up and looked at it and went, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he was, you know, was going to try and get a tourniquet put on it. And by that time, the um, the ambulance had already come. And and so this was, so this was on your way to the Grand Canyon. You obviously didn't make it there. And so then right. you transferred to what hospital in, in uh, the Phoenix area? Well, at first I was um, airlifted to Flagstaff. Oh. I think I was there for probably a couple weeks. And then I went to um, um, a hospital in uh, in Phoenix. It was a um, long-term care. Okay. I believe it was I believe it was Promise Hospital. Oh, okay. That's actually when I had gone down um, to see right. you, not expecting to see what I saw. And, and just right. to let our listeners know, my my what I saw, and I still have it in my mind here. Um, to know that you've even recovered and you've you've gone on with being able to be as normal as you can. When I walked into the room, you were not conscious. You had a conscious. You had a halo. Um, part of your arm was gone. Was uh, I wouldn't say gone. I would be the right word. Um, the flesh was there. You could see within your your arm. Um, I was told by uh, the the staff that was there that you were lucky to be alive. Um, and they weren't really sure whether you were going to have a recover. Um, they had shaved your hair. Um, there was just so many different things I was not expecting. And, and I'm the type of person that I'm not just going to bail on someone. Um, and I wasn't sure what was going on. So that was actually the beginning of our, our forever bond as friends. Yes. Yes, indeed it was. Uh, it was um, quite the sight to, watch you go through recovery and from room to room and the different stages of what your your mind and the mentality that was going on 
through the recovery, there was a time where I was told you were not going to be functioning anything more than a ch- a, an infant. Right. You would never yeah. walk. Disabled yeah. in a wheelchair. Yep. I saw a lot of it. Um, it was uh, very disturbing, but it's also a blessing to see that you're able to move forward. And I understand um, you had to go through quite a bit of therapy. When you did come through and to what um, you were able to start functioning on, what was the, the therapy that you had to go through? I'm, I'm assuming that you had to start how to walk and talk and everything. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. When, when I was in the, the um, long-term care, um, you know, once I actually came to, you know, you do function a little bit when you're in a, you know, the induced coma, you just don't have any memory of it. Uh, you can do certain commands, you can say certain, you know, a little bit of words and stuff like that. And when I actually, you know, woke up, I was like, wow, you know, where am I? What's going on? And... Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, where am I? What's going on? And uh, I couldn't move uh, just because my brain wasn't functioning enough to give the commands to my body. And I had to learn how to do those things over again. I had to learn to sit. And you'd be surprised how many muscles you actually use when you sit because I'd be exhausted after 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, but I just eventually kept on gaining my strength. And then they would put a belt thing on me and get me up and walking again. And, uh, you know, and then I was, they, you know, it was a lot of teaching me balance. I'd have to turn my head and look at things on the wall. They put, would put things up on the wall. Um, like they take a deck of cards and I'd have to name what the card was. And as I'd walk around in a circle and then they say, Oh, you missed one. (laughs) And I'd have to, Oh, I'd have to play a lot of memory games, you know, like the, the, the children's, um, game where you have to turn cards over that match. Um, just a lot of, a lot of simple things. And, and, you know, I'm kind of like, why are we doing all this simple stuff? But it was, it was what it was, was training my brain to function again. Wow. The things we take for granted. And then there are people who have to start all over, whether it's a stroke or a traumatic injury. Um, there's TBI, you know, the, the, there's so many different things. You know, the memory games, the things we see little kids doing, we didn't realize how important they really are, as you've shared. You've shared. Right. Um, I have to, there was one thing when you were mentioning about putting things on the ceiling. Um, there was a time frame where I actually had got a great outpouring of support from my social media friends, people I don't even know, and people I do know, that would send cards because I asked people to you know, send cards, and then I would read them to you. And I know you don't remember yes. them. I don't remember my, I don't remember in my conscious, but I'm, my subconscious knew it. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, you know, and that's great because 
I think we don't realize how much our subconscious is of value to us. Yes. And, yeah, and so well, that's awesome to know because I also would um, put those cards in the windowsill um, if that was the only thing you had. And sometimes if I could get them to allow me to put stuff on the ceiling, I was putting on stuff ceiling because like you just mentioned, you had to, to learn to do these different things all over again. And looking at the ceiling for me was like, okay, well, if you couldn't move your head, you at least were looking up at something instead of just a white ceiling. Yes. So oh, that's awesome. Um, and repetition, as you already knew, was uh, mm-hmm. one of the factors too. I used to read to you. There's this one book that actually turned my life around crazy enough. Someone had given it to me and it was a book written by Tony Robbins. At the time he was going by Anthony Robbins and it was um, the giant from within. And I would read that. And little did I know it was actually helping me because now it's moving forward with my life. That, and I follow him for my own reasons, but there was a lot of stuff in there that made sense. And to watch you go through the different stages that you did, I could see that the growth was happening, even though I still got, and you probably don't remember this, but there was this one particular nurse there for whatever reason, you could not like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would, you're like, uh, uh, and she was the one that kept telling me, you know, it's great that you're coming in here to help your friend, but you've got to accept the fact that she's not going to be a normal functioning individual. That didn't go well for me. And yeah. I, I saw the turning point in you as well. Yeah, you know, they they only can go by the data that they get from certain things, but they don't know the will within a person, you know. So like I said, you know, the subconscious was working a lot more than anybody really knew. And I believe that is what, you know, like I said, you know, in my my book, you know, the power of the human connection, I think all of that um, is what helped me come back to reality. When you, you talk about the human connection, and right now we... There's such a disconnect with our current situation globally, not just here in the United States, with the COVID-19 that we're not able to be within a certain amount of a certain distance with individuals or be quarantined to our homes or not be around friends and family. And it's like, okay, I'm, I get my energy from people. I get energy from life. And it's driving me crazy. And when you talk about that human connection, the human connection was a great healing for you. Yes, it was. And we've got these things that are changed right now. And um, I'm not quite sure how that's going to be for us in our in our future. But um, the power of prayer is always a must, too. Yes. Definitely. What's definitely. So, um, yeah, you, you know. I had I had people that I didn't even know praying for me and sending me cards and you know it's all that energy even if it's not in person there's still the energy that is going on um, that you can feel so I think that even now you know even though we don't have the touch of other people we still have the energy, the vibes that are going on. And I think we'll get through this with that. Yeah, we will. It's just going to take some time. We're all in such a 
We're all in this together, and it's almost yes, like, definitely. It's a hard reset in our lives, and and when I talk about other people's stories, because we all truly have a story, as you know, my story, the loss of my daughter. The, this time that we're all going through is going to create a lot of different stories with a lot of different yes. platforms and um, good and bad, unfortunately. Yes. But um, it's a good hard reset as a whole. Um, yeah, it's going to make a lot of people think and, you know, be be thankful for, for what they have um, because you never know when it's going to be gone. You don't, and you're a perfect example of you were not expected to have a recovery um, as you have. And, and I know that you're very active currently, yes? Yes, I am. Okay. I, I, I just I just have to do things differently. Okay. What does that mean? Um, because I don't have full function with my um, left arm, um, I am now right-handed instead of left-handed. Um, I had to, you know, get strength in my arm and fingers with what muscle I have left to be able to, uh, it's called my helper arm. So it helps me hold things and lift things and, you know, that type of, of stuff. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, well, even like, like riding a motorcycle again, I can't pull the clutch lever in. I have to, because my wrist is frozen, I have to take my whole arm and hand with my fingers on the clutch lever and pull back. So my wrist is like sliding over the handlebar. And since I'm not holding on to the handlebar, then I have to do like a a push-pull thing on the right side to keep things in balance. So you sound like you're um, you're back riding. Are you back riding again? Yes, I am. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, you know, I don't have memory of the accident, so I've been I've been riding over thirty years. It it was like, you know, this is something that I enjoy. That's part awesome. of who That's I am. <laughs> and, you know, I tell everybody, don't change. You can't change the core of who a person is. Um, right. But don't ever stop enjoying what you like to do. And I think you have an advantage of, and we're going to talk about fear because fear seems to be a big thing right now with this COVID-19. But you just talked about how you have no recollection of the actual accident. So it doesn't give you in your mind writing a fear of, oh, I'm going to end up doing this again. You right. Don't have a trigger in your mind replaying, and you're just doing what you enjoy. That's great. Yes. Yes. Uh-oh. So now you had mentioned earlier you have a book. What's the name of the book? Um, the, the book is called When You Can't Be There for Yourself The Power of Prayer and the Human Connection. And, and I, it's, it, yeah, it's basically, you know, for. For three months, I was in that uh, semi-induced coma for three months, so I couldn't talk for myself. I couldn't make decisions for myself. So it's about, you know, other people that made decisions for me and, you know, the power of prayer and, you know, the human connection, you know, that helped me through all of that. 
major, major points there. Um, now, I understand because of this um, COVID-19 that we're all under, that has changed a lot of things. And that includes getting books published. I had one myself that was published, but it's not available um, because of whatever you have to go through. And so I understand yours is probably on hold, too. Um, yeah, it's it's with the editors, so yeah. we'll we'll see how fast they you know, take a look at things. Will it be available on Amazon or any other platform that um, people could look for it in the near future? Should that happen? Um, I'm not quite sure how you you get a book to go through Amazon, so um, it, it has to go through, uh, with the editors. They have a, a publishing company that you can that you go through. So I'm not quite sure how that works yet. I will find out when it happens. Okay. I might just uh, have a whole bunch of books to sell. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in a book, it is a story. Um, it can inspire other people, which is why I do my podcast. I was starting out with the face-to-face, -face, but then that got changed because of where we're currently at. So I'm not going to stop, like you with getting on your bike, I'm not going to stop telling people stories because one avenue of what I want to do has changed. I'll, I'll have to change the route, and that's what I've done. Um, real quickly, what kind of message or... Do you want to be remembered for if it's a legacy or just something you want to share with other people in regards to your recovery? Yeah, um, basically is is to not give up hope. Um, you know, like they, you know, they didn't think that I was, you know, going to walk again and. You know, if people gave up on me, that's very, very possibility that that could have been. But people didn't give up on me. People had hope that things would get better. Absolutely. So, yeah, you 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 have to you have to believe, mm -hmm. truly believe that things will get better. Oh, and it's it, it's the power, you know, the, the mind and the energy that's given with um, all of this, the vibes that you send out with hope. And your personal determination is is also good and the support is as well. Yes. That, that's a great message to have. Thank you. Thank you, Carla, for sharing. And um, I know that this could probably be you know, a little bit of trigger to, to talk about it again. But how I look at it, too, is you never you hadn't experienced it prior to that. We don't know if we're going to come across someone who will experience it or someone, someone as far as our listeners go, may come across someone or themselves that could come into the same situation. And they're going to remember this and say, you know what, she can do it. So can I. Or how yes. can I help someone hearing their story? So thank you so much for, for sharing that. It, it's pretty powerful. You said a lot of powerful words. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest, sharing your story to not only inspire, to heal, um, whether it's you or someone else who may feel like they're by themselves. Yeah. And you said the word I love because that's the name of my my podcast, and, uh, the stories of hope. But you're giving hope. Yes. Believe in miracles. I do believe in miracles, um, and I step with faith every day. Um, just because, like you said, you just never know. Until our day is done, there's other things that could possibly happen. Not that I want them to, but 
We don't. We're not. No one's excluded from blessings or harm. But I think through stories such as your own, you can help other people realize that, okay, this was one chapter and you made it through it and uh, and so can they. Um, yes. Is there anything that you're active in the community that you want to share real fast? Um, well, I am part of the auxiliary of the American Legion and um, I miss that we can't you know, that's all closed up right now with the COVID-19. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm in support of our, our veterans. And uh, there's a lot of things that uh, we can do through the American Legion to to help others. Agreed, agreed. And thank you to our veterans who are, are listening to this podcast. Um, and uh, anyone who knows of um, someone is beginning to become a part of our military um you're not overseen um, you are appreciated and you're sacrificing as well as those who have our veterans who have um, sacrificed thank you again for being my guest and thank you for having me yes and to my listeners i thank you for listening please subscribe you can find me on the anchor app or you can also find me on Spotify and you can find me under Stories of Hope. And until next time, I wish everyone well.